Hello everyone, welcome to A Millennial Learns. Thank you all so much for joining me today for this podcast. Today's podcast is going to be the history and all the state symbols and all the fun stuff associated with the state of Massachusetts. Every week, if you're new, welcome. But every week we go through and our Thursday episode is the history of a certain state and we're doing it in the order that states join the union. So this week is the sixth state in our list and it is Massachusetts. So there's a ton of history in Massachusetts as one would expect. It's a huge centerpiece of the Revolutionary War and Boston is a very, very historical city. So I'm excited to get into all the history. The Salem witch trials also happened in Massachusetts. That's a little bit of a stain on the history there. Um, but overall, just very, very fascinating historical accounts, historical records. First Thanksgiving happened there. So there's a lot to go over in today's episode, and I hope you enjoy. Okay, so let's get right into it. I am going to do something a little bit different uh, for this week. Usually I start by talking about all the stats and the facts and the state symbols and things like that, but I feel like the history of the state really plays into all that. So um, I'm just going to start off with the state history. However, I will say that just for context, Massachusetts is in the northeastern uh, United States, and it's bordered on the north by New Hampshire, Vermont, and then on the east is New York, or sorry, the west is New York, to the south is Connecticut, and I believe Rhode Island, and then to the right is the ocean. So it's a coastal state, and it was one of the original 13 colonies. So that's just the context for where Massachusetts is. So let's get into the history. Now, before Massachusetts was a state, there's a ton, a ton, a ton of history that Massachusetts went through. Obviously, like the other states that we've gone over, there were Native Americans living all in that area. So the tribes that we've talked about in previous state episodes, like the Piquo tribe, I think it's called, they all live there. They're, they play a pretty extensive part in the history of the what is now Massachusetts, the land area. So we don't get into like European explorers until 1602, where Bartholomew Gosnold, who was English, explores the coast. Then in 1604, Samuel D. Champlain explores and maps the coast. This is pretty uh, it goes along well with what we've seen with other colonies. Explorers tend to come over and map out the coast or explore just the coast before another settlement comes and uh, colonizes the area. So in 1606, James I grants the charter to Plymouth Company to colonize Northern Virginia. By the way, I'm taking all of these timeline dates, like I'm taking out the ones I want from ereferencedesk.com, which I will definitely link below. They have very, very good timelines for every state. So I've been liking those. Okay, 1607, there are three ships that arrive from England with 104 men and boys. 
The settlers named the nearby river James after their king, and they settled on a narrow peninsula of the river and named it Jamestown. 1614, Captain John Smith maps the coast. So, again, a lot more exploration before anyone actually settles. Six years later, after John Smith mapped that coast, the Mayflower sailed from Plymouth, England, and arrived on the coast of Cape Cod instead of Virginia. So, after exploring the coast, the ship anchored in Plymouth Harbor and pilgrims established a settlement. 1621, so the following year after the landing, the first Thanksgiving was celebrated in Plymouth. This feast, it says, after the first Plymouth harvest, set the model for a current day feast. So the Pilgrims had a, a rough go of it when they first landed in Massachusetts or in Plymouth Harbor, and the Native Americans here had to teach them how to uh, grow a crop. So the first Thanksgiving was after the harvest had been taken and it actually worked and they were able to harvest some food, they set up this first Thanksgiving to help celebrate with the natives who taught them how to grow um, all their plants. Okay, 1628, John Endicott founds the Puritan settlement in what is now Salem. The next year, 1629, the Massachusetts Bay Company is chartered. The Massachusetts Bay Company creates the Massachusetts Bay Colony, and Boston is made the capital of that three years later in 1632. All right, uh, let's see. So 1634, the Boston Common became the first public park in America. You will see this as a common thread. There are a lot of firsts in Massachusetts. As with all of these original colonies, obviously it's like the first in America, but Boston and Massachusetts in particular have a lot of those American firsts. 1635, the first American public secondary school, the, uh, it was called the Boston Latin Grammar School that was founded in Boston. The next year, Harvard College was established. That was in 1636. That was the first, you know, higher education institution. It was named after John Harvard of Charlestown. He left half of his estate to the new institution when he died in 1638, just a couple years after the founding. Okay, also in 1638, not only was it the death of John Harvard, but it was also the first American printing press. That was the year that the first printing press was set up in Cambridge. The man Stephen Day was the one who set that up. In 1639, the first post office in America was founded um, in Boston, and it was also the first free American public school called the Mathers School. It was founded in Dorchester, which is just outside of Boston, or just a neighborhood of Boston. All right, 1643, Puritan colonies formed New England Confederation to oppose the Dutch and Indian attacks, and then there's also the first American ironworks established in Saugus. Saugus? Okay. Let's see. So then in 1653, it was the first American public library founded in Boston. Like I said, lots and lots and lots of firsts. In 1675, the King Philip's War breaks out. Now, I knew literally nothing about 
the King Philip's War, but it was an attack, I guess, that brought on a lot of, it brought on a lot of Native American attacks on settlers. And so there was a whole thing about in the Massachusetts Bay Colony, they sectioned off or they like isolated a lot of, or all, of Christian Indians. So they sent them to an island called Deer Island so that they wouldn't participate in the King Philip's War and would not attack the settlers since they had been converted by the settlers' religion. So the King Philip's War lasted from 1675 to 1676, so a two-year war, or I guess just a one-year war. and then in 18, or in 1684, the Massachusetts Charter was annulled. Two years later, the Dominion of New England was established, and Oxford, in that same year, became the first non-Puritan town. So all the towns up till then, between the settlement, the first settlement in 18, oh, I keep saying 18, 1686, were all Puritan towns, and then Oxford was established first non-Puritan town. 1691, Massachusetts was granted a new charter and becomes a royal colony, which included Maine and Plymouth. So it went through a lull there between 1684 and 1691, where there was no actual official charter. Um, But yeah, in 1691, it becomes a royal colony. Right after that, the next year, the Salem witchcraft trials begin, or the Salem witch trials. Those begin in 1692. That was definitely a stain on the Massachusetts history. So a bunch of women were accused of being witches and hanged publicly in these Salem witch trials. Okay, so in case you are not super familiar with the Salem Witch Trials, which I had known about them, I knew that people were hanged or um, executed for being accused of being witches, but I did not know any of the real details. I had forgotten what I had learned in school about them. So let's just go over very quickly um, what they were about, what how they came about. So in January of 1692, there was a guy named... Samuel Paris, he lived in Salem Village and he was the reverend of that town. And his daughter and niece became ill early in that year of 1692. William Griggs was the village doctor and he was called in when they started not getting better. They failed to improve after the sickness and so this doctor was called in. Well, his diagnosis was that was bewitchment. So basically that they were witches. And that, it says, put into motion the forces that would ultimately result in the hanging deaths of 19 men and women. And in addition, one man was pressed to death, which would be literally awful, and several others died in prison. So this says, to understand the events of Salem witch trials, it's necessary to examine the times in which accusations of witchcraft occurred. They were the ordinary... There were the ordinary stresses of 17th century life in the Massachusetts Bay Colony, a strong belief in the devil, factions among Salem village families, and rivalry with nearby Salem town, combined with a recent smallpox epidemic, and the threat of attack by warring tribes created a fertile ground for fear and suspicion. Um, 
Okay, there were tormented young girls, it says. It says, soon prisons were filled with more than 150 men and women from towns surrounding Salem. Their names had been cried out, in quotes, by tormented young girls as the cause of their pain. All would await trial for a crime punishable by death, the practice of witchcraft. Okay, so this is, uh, I found this other paragraph about the historical background of the witch trials that I think is also good. So here is that. It says in June 1692, it says the special court of Oyer and Terminer sat in Salem to hear the cases of witchcraft, presiding over the chief, presiding, ugh, presided over by Chief Justice William Stoughton. The court was made up of magistrates and jurors. The first to be tried was Bridget Bishop of Salem, who was found guilty and was hanged on June 10th. So June 10th is like the first actual action, like execution from witchcraft. What kicked it off was in January of that year. So extremely quick progression between, hey, I think this girl might be a witch to then someone was like actually found guilty and hanged. 13 women and five men from all stations of life followed her to the gallows on three successive hanging days before the court was disbanded by Governor William Phipps in October of that year. So that'll happen in a very, very short time window that 19 people were hanged. The Superior Court of Judic judicature oh my gosh formed to replace the witchcraft court did not allow spectral evidence okay so the court was disbanded and there ended up being those 19 people that were hanged and then one was pressed to death because these women would call out their names um and say that they were witches and that they were tormenting these girls so it was a complete fiasco, but it, it happened in 1692. All right, 1704, the first regularly issued American newspaper, the Boston Newsletter, was published in Boston, and the first lighthouse was built in 1716. 1763 marked the end of the Indian Wars, and 1763... Or it says it allows expansion in western Massachusetts to a total of 184 towns by 1763. So it is getting pretty populated over in Massachusetts. 1770, tensions arise from British troops being in Boston. The, you know, English, the royal crown had sent over British troops to just be a presence there. And there were some definite tensions that aroused, or that aroused, aroused. Um, five men died when troops fired at colonists at the Customs House on March 5th. Now, this is where we start getting into the Revolutionary War time period. The Boston Tea Party happened um, in Massachusetts and in Boston, obviously, 1773. In 1775, the first battle of the American Revolution was fought in Lexington and Concord, and the first ship of the U.S. Navy named Hannah was commissioned uh, both in 1775. 1776, the uh, colonial troops forced the British to evacuate Boston, 
and the state constitution is adopted in 1780. John Hancock, whose name might sound familiar, big player in the revolution and in that whole time period, founding of America, uh, he became the first elected governor in 1780. 1785 was Shea's Rebellion, where Daniel Shea led this rebellion of farmers. They were protesting excessive taxes. So like a lot of people were not being able to get by with how much tax money they were, I mean, with how much money they were throwing away on taxes. And so this was a rebellion against an oppressive governmental system and unfair laws, unfair taxes, and unfair treatment of the working class. That was Shea's Rebellion. Three years later, in 1788, Massachusetts becomes the sixth state to ratify the U.S. Constitution, and that happened on February 6th of that year. Okay, the state house after the ratification and after they became a state and the founding of the U.S., the state house was built in Boston in 1795, and then John Adams was born, uh, oh sorry, John Adams, who was from Massachusetts was elected the second president of the United States. He had been born in 1735. My notes were formatted weirdly, but yes. So he was born in 1735, became the second president in 1796. All right, getting into the 1800s, uh, 1806, the first church built by free blacks in America, the African Meeting House was opened on Joy Street in Boston. In 1820, Maine then separated from Massachusetts. Like I said, uh, that charter for the Massachusetts Bay Colony um, included Maine. So it included Maine all the way up until 1820 when they separated. John Quincy Adams was then elected as the sixth president of the United States in 1824, who is John Adams's son. The first father-son presidential duo, but not the last. The uh, the Bushes were um, also the father-son presidential duo there. Uh, the first American railroad was built in Quincy, Massachusetts in 1826. So like these other states in the Northeast that we've studied, there's a lot of manufacturing that happens, a lot of railroads, a big emphasis on um, transportation and industry and so that kind of goes along with the first American Railroad being built in Massachusetts. In 1831 there was the first abolitionist newspaper it was called the Liberator and that was published in Boston Boston by a guy named William Lloyd Garrison. So Massachusetts was the first colony to legalize slavery but it also had the first abolitionist newspaper. So, um, yeah, there's parts of their history that are not so progressive and parts that are very progressive. In 1833, the Constitutional Amendment separates the church and state, and it ends Puritanism in the government of Massachusetts. 1837, Samuel Morse invented the electric telegraph based on Morse code uh, with a system of dots and dashes. And the State Board of Education was established under Horace Mann in the same year of 1837. In 1840, the typewriter was invented by Charles Thurber in War Worcester. And the first sewing machine was then invented in 1845 in Boston by a guy named Elias 
or Elias Howe. Now, the use of anesthesia was also talked about in a previous, I think in Connecticut, but this was the first time that anesthesia was used for surgery um, in Boston by a Boston dentist named William T.G. Morton. All right, then another progressive part of Boston or Massachusetts history is the first National Women's Rights Convention was held in 1850 in Massachusetts. 1861 was the Civil War, the start of the Civil War. Three million fought and died, or three million fought and 600,000 died in the war between the states, as they called it in this timeline, but it's the Civil War. Um, so that was that is the total of three million fought between 1861 to 1865 if you want to know more about that history go and listen to my civil war part one and two podcast because those were fascinating to research um let's see in 1865 robert ware of mit began the first professional training program for architects so a lot of innovation coming out of massachusetts the first African-American legislators, legislators in New England were elected to the general court in 1866. And the first American Christmas card was printed in Boston in 1875. So again, like it went from banning Christmas in the Puritan colony to there being a separation of church and state, no more Puritanism, and then the first American Christmas card was printed in Boston. Very large swing from the viewpoint of Christmas in just like 200 years. The first telephone was demonstrated by Alexander Graham Bell in Boston in 1876. Um, in 1877, the first woman to earn a PhD was granted her degree at Boston University. Her name was Helen Magill or Magill. I think, I'm pretty sure it's Magil, Magil, oh sorry, oh my gosh, it's Helen Magil White is the first woman to earn a PhD in the U.S. Okay, there was the first country club also created in Massachusetts. It was called the Country Club in, it was a country club in Brookline. It became the first country club in America to, dedicated to outdoor pursuits. Okay. 1891 the game of basketball was invented okay i for sure thought that basketball had been around like way before 1891 but it was invented by a pe teacher at the international ymca in springfield he invented the game of basketball in december of that year he wanted to occupy his students indoors during the cold winter months because it gets so cold in massachusetts and so he just attached two peach baskets to a railing 10 feet above the floor and he took a soccer ball and told them to try to get it in the baskets. That's how basketball was invented. And now we are right in the midst of March Madness and my first, the first game I picked correctly, a Michigan upset over CSU. So that was a little side note, but very interesting that I'm researching this right in the middle of March Madness and basketball was invented in Massachusetts. Um, okay, the first successful gasoline-powered automobile, automobile was perfected by Charles and Frank uh, Duria in Springfield between 1892 and 1893. 
Volleyball was also invented in Massachusetts in 1895. Let's see. And the American subway system officially opened in Boston in 1897. I feel like the, the subway system is like synonymous with that whole area, like the Northeast. Like you think of the New York subway and uh, Boston subway. And that was opened the first subway system was opened in massachusetts right before the turn of the century in 1897 okay uh let's see 1903 the first transatlantic radio broadcast was made from um marconi station at wellfleet when president theodore roosevelt and king edward the seventh of great britain exchanged greetings so very exciting we can now have a radio broadcast across the ocean so huge technological developments happening there again there's a lot of manufacturing a lot of industry happening in massachusetts well in 1912 the textile workers go on strike in lawrence this is like a big step for unionized workers um, then in 1914, again, with the emphasis on transportation, uh, canals, railroads, all of that stuff, um, the first canal, or a canal finally links Cape Cod Bay with Buzzards Bay, which was a huge transportational leap for the whole area. Calvin Coolidge from Massachusetts was elected vice president in 1920. He becomes the 30th president in 1923. Let's see, 1925, Edith Norris Rogers was a Republican from Massachusetts and she was the first woman to serve in the U.S. House of Representatives. She was the longest serving woman in the House and introduced the GI Bill of Rights among other major initiatives. So again, pretty progressive um, in Massachusetts. Let's see. Um, the first computer non-electric Differential analyzer, it was as it was called when it was first developed, was created in 1928 by Dr. Vannevar Bush of MIT in Cambridge. Uh, let's see. The chocolate chip cookie was invented in 1930 by Ruth Wakefield at the Toll House Inn in Whitman, Massachusetts. That, of course, is why we still know and love Toll House cookies is because it was invented at a place called Toll House Inn and that was in Massachusetts. Now I'm surprised that this is the invention of the Toll House cookie because it said the way that she invented this was just by adding cut up pieces of chocolate into her butter drop cookies. No one had ever done that before which I find interesting um, but I'm glad she figured it out because I love Toll House chocolate chip cookies. They are perfect. Okay. The first automatic digital computer was created also at MIT in 1944. Now, I don't know if I emphasize the difference enough. In 1928, it was the first computer, but it was, a, it was called a non-electric differential analyzer. So they call it a computer, but it was non-electric. In 1944, also at MIT, that was the first digital electric computer. Okay, 1947, uh, Percy Spencer of Raytheon Corporation invented the microwave oven. I am so disappointed that I 
am just learning this now because I had a trivia question last week about what was invented first. It was like the coffee filter, the garage door opener, and the microwave. If I had known it was 1947 that the microwave was invented, I would have probably gotten the question right. We were thinking that it was like way before that just because of some sort of military technology or something. I don't really know what we were thinking on that, but 1947, the first oven was 750 pounds and five and a half feet tall. So it wasn't exactly practical right away. <laughs> um, Edwin Land in the same year invented the, it was called the one-step photography system, but it was called the, it was a Polaroid. The first Polaroid was invented um, also in 1947. And then also in that year, big year for Massachusetts, Dr. Sidney Farber introduced chemotherapy as a treatment for cancer. They had, she achieved the first cases of remission of acute childhood leukemia with the invention of chemotherapy. In 1954, in the um, Peter Brent Brigham Hospital in Boston, the first successful kidney transplant occurred. This happened between twins. Um, in 1957, the Massachusetts Turnpike opened. In 1960, J JFK uh, was elected the 35th president of the United States. He was assassinated in 1963. Let's see, in 1966, Edward W. Brooke was the first uh, African-American elected to the United States Senate by popular vote. Okay, 1971, we're getting into the technological age. Ray Tomlinson of Berenick and Newman sent the very first email. The first email message was... Q-W-E-R-T-Y-U-I-O-P was the first row of the keyboard. It was sent between two side-by-side -side computers connected via this technology, which was uh, deployed two years earlier. So the internet, the internet happened or was invented and developed by between 1969 and 1971. Ni 1974, we're getting into the integration of, of Boston Public Schools, so this is like the civil rights era um, where the Jim Crow laws are being destroyed. Um, so it takes a while, it took a surprising amount of time between the Jim Crow laws and like actual integration of schools. So that happened in 1974. That caused large boycotts uh, and protests, violent demonstrations happened as those schools were starting to integrate. Boston also was the first city in America to celebrate New Year's Eve. That happened on seven, or 1976. They kicked it off with something called a first night event. And so this the custom of celebrating New Year's Eve is actually super recent. It only happened about 50 years ago, which is crazy. I really thought, because you think about like 4th of July where, um, Benjamin Franklin said, light up the sky with fireworks and all of this to celebrate, you know, the founding of our nation. You would think that New Year's Eve, when you have like some fireworks and like all these festivities, that that would have happened way before 1976. Like a celebration like that was not really out of the ordinary. They were doing it on the 4th of July. So, um, 
yeah, that was kind of surprising to learn. Um, 1980, Walter Gilbert, who was from Massachusetts, was awarded a Nobel, a Nobel Prize for discovering a technique to decode DNA. Um, there are two nuclear power plants and those were, were there were proposals to um, shut down both of them. And in 1988, voters rejected the proposal to do that. So those remained in service. And then there was a man, Dukakis. He became the Democratic nominee for the president of the United States in 1988, and he was also from Massachusetts. Okay, in 2001, in Massachusetts, there um, the first human embryo clone was created. Very wild stuff. I'm going to do a whole episode about the like cloning of humans, the history and the ethics and stuff. Uh, 2004, same-sex marriage rights were approved. The Boston Red Sox won the World Series and the Democratic National Convention were all held in Boston. Um, 2009, Senator Edward Kennedy dies. He was a Massachusetts guy, Massachusetts, Massachusetts maybe. Um, 2011, the Boston Bruins win the Stanley Cup. Oh, 2013 was the Boston Marathon bombing. That happened on April 15th, and it exploded, like two bombs exploded, killing three people and injuring 267. Which, I'm, I mean, it's very sad that three people died. I'm surprised by 267 people being injured that more people didn't die but I have seen people who got their like legs blown off and things from those bombs so very terrifying stuff but they have recovered the Boston Marathon is still going strong and um, overall Boston is just such an amazing amazing place I've been we took a girls trip there I saw like these just such great historical locations I love Boston and highly recommend if you haven't gone definitely go all right, so now we're going to get into all the stats, facts, all of that sort of thing um, with Massachusetts. So the capital, like we have kind of gone over, is Boston, very, very central to the state. It's not a very big state overall. Massachusetts is only about 10,500 square miles, so not very big. And so the fact that Boston was like this big hub where all this transportation happened and so many things happened in Boston that it was a natural choice to be the capital. Like I mentioned, the date it became a state was February 6th, 1788. The state motto is in Latin, so I'm not really going to try to pronounce that, but it translates to, by the sword we seek peace, but peace only under liberty. Lots of Revolutionary War, Liberty vibes there with the state motto. The nickname is the Bay State, lots of bays around, and the state song is called All Hail to Massachusetts. As of the 2020 census, there were just over 7 million people living within Massachusetts. And then here we get into the climate. I found a website that's much better about climate, like comparing the climate, because for a few of these other states, I have just thrown out a number about like 
rainfall per year or sunny days per year. And I don't know the American average. I'm like, is that sunnier than an average state? I don't know. I found those US averages. So in Massachusetts, there are about 49 inches of rain per year. The US average is 38 inches. So pretty significantly higher. There are 47 inches of snow a year and the US average is 28. So similar to other states we've been seeing, the Northeast can get very, very snowy in the winter. There's 197 sunny days a year in Massachusetts. The average is 205, so just under average, but only by like eight days. So it's about just average sun. And then there's a comfort index on this website that I found. And so it shows that between June and September are ideal. It's not too hot, not too humid, not too scorching. Um, the comfort index is very, very high. However, between the months of December and February, which goes along with the whole how many inches of snow are you getting, the most uncomfortable months are December through February. Very, can be very harsh during winter. Let's get into some fun facts. So Massachusetts observes a legal holiday. It's in Massachusetts only. It's called Patriots Day. It's always the third Monday of April each year and that commemorates the first battles of the American Revolution at Lexington and Concord on April 19th, 1775. So I think we went over that battle in our timeline, but that actually spawned something called Patriots Day. Another one of my fun facts was that the PE teacher invented basketball, but that was already covered. And then, um, Established in Cambridge in 1636 by vote of the Massachusetts Bay Colony, Harvard was the first institution of higher education in the U.S. Also in the timeline, but those are just worth highlighting. Harvard, I can't wrap my mind around how old Harvard is, and it was before Massachusetts was even a state. So, very, very cool there. All right, famous people from Massachusetts. Conan O'Brien, Matt Damon, Steve Carell, John Cena, Amy Poehler, Benjamin Franklin, Edgar Allan Poe, Dr. Seuss, and Susan B. Anthony are all from Massachusetts. Now, ben Philadelphia, or like Pennsylvania as a whole state, likes to claim Benjamin Franklin as a Philly sort of guy. He was not born in Philadelphia. He was born in Boston. So just to clear up any of that confusion, Benjamin Franklin is often mentioned in Philadelphia's historical discussions when he did play a big part of their history, but he was born in Massachusetts. All right, state symbols, my favorite section. The tree is the American elm. It was established in 1941, and it commemorated the fact that George Washington took command of the Continental Army beneath the American elm tree on Cambridge Common in 1775. The flower is the Mayflower. It was in, that was made the state flower in 1918, probably because the ship was called the Mayflower to come over here, but it's also native to that area. The bird is the black capped chickadee. It's, uh, it was created or confirmed in 1941, and it's also the state bird of Maine. So again, very important to that region. The state berry is the cranberry that was made the state berry in 1994. Cranberry is one of the state colors of Massachusetts. 
Um, it's like blue, green, and cranberry, I think. And cranberry juice is also the state beverage. So cranberries play a very important part um, of the state. And as you might imagine, the history of the cranberry in America is tied back to Thanksgiving. So the first Thanksgiving happened in the Massachusetts area. Cranberries were native to that area when Native Americans were living here. That was one of the things that the early pilgrims grew and it was part of the first Thanksgiving feast and now we eat it during Thanksgiving. So all of that history ties in with you know, Thanksgiving and the first meal with the Native Americans here. The state cat is the tabby cat, which actually is not a breed. It's a coloring of like having little stripes and stuff that was made in 1988 by some school children who wanted a cat equivalent for the state dog. So the state dog is a Boston Terrier, which is a cross between an English Bulldog and an English Terrier. It was the first purebred, they call it a purebred dog that was developed in America. So you can have technically a, a purebred Boston Terrier. So the cat was declared in response to having a state dog. The state dessert is a Boston cream pie, which is yellow cake filled with custard and topped with chocolate glaze. They also have a state like donut, which is the Boston cream pie donut. <laughs> so all about the Boston cream pie, which those are very, very good. The state fish is cod, which was made official in 1974. The fishing industry provided Puritans with food, fertilizer, and revenue for trade. Now the cod is listed as a threatened species. The state game bird was made and declared in 1991. It is the wild turkey, which again, tying back to the Thanksgiving thing, I knew that they would probably need to have a turkey as one of their state symbols. I thought it was just gonna be the state bird, but they have delineated the state bird, with this, which is the chickadee, with the state game bird, which is the wild turkey. That is also the same symbol as Alabama, Oklahoma, and South Carolina, and it's because they are native to the Northeast. Um, at one point also, I was gonna go on to the next one, but I wanted to mention, at one point the wild turkey was like very endangered, and then they stepped in and did a conservation effort, and now there's like millions and millions of turkeys that roam free. So I like to have government kind of stay out of things, but it does seem valuable that like something like we don't want everything to go extinct so it is at some times necessary for the government to step in and say like okay this is a problem let's fix this and now these wild turkeys are thriving the state historical rock is plymouth rock now not everyone of course has a state historical rock i'm pretty sure they just wanted to honor plymouth rock in some way so they made it be they're made, they're, they created a state historical rock. It's engraved with the year 1623, which is the year that they landed in America. And then they also have a state bean, which is the baked navy bean. That was chosen in 1993. It's also called the Boston bean or the Yankee bean. It was believed that the pilgrims learned how to bake navy beans from Native Americans. It said later Boston became a major producer of rum. Molasses is the main ingredient for rum. And so molasses was very plentiful. 
And so the recipe for baked beans was altered to include molasses in place of maple syrup because they just had so much molasses on hand. That's why it's like specifically Boston baked navy beans or Boston baked beans. They also substituted salt pork for bear fat. Um, and that's how Boston baked beans were born. So it was famous in colonial times. Boston was as a whole for its beans. And to this day, it is called Bean Town sometimes. So that's why there is a state bean. So that is all of the state. I mean, that's not all the state symbols of, of Massachusetts. There are tons of state symbols. And a lot of them are kind of like the Plymouth one where it's like, hey, I think we want to highlight this historical thing. And so they'll make like a very specific state symbol category to accommodate those so but those are the ones i'm going over today and i just want to go over the attractions also really quick because there are so many things to do in boston like i was absolutely blown away when i went there about how much there is to do in massachusetts as a whole but we focused on boston I'm going to focus on more of the historical landmarks here because those are just the ones I like the most. Obviously, there's like Fenway Park and things, but those aren't really my favorite. I like the history there, so that's what I'm going to highlight. One of them is the House of Seven Gables in Salem. It was built in 1668, and it's one of the oldest timber frame homes in North America. It says, the home was made famous by Nathaniel Hawthorne's eerie 1851 novel, The House of the Seven Gables. Today, the house is a museum and open to visitors. There's also the Boston Women's Memorial Commonwealth Avenue Mall. It's a full scale, it has full scale sculptures of Abigail Adams, Lucy Stone, and Phyllis Wheatley. It says, these pioneering women were wholly committed to social change and bettering of lives for future generations. They are arranged around pedestals rather than on top of them in order to encourage visitor interaction. There's also a Veterans War Memorial uh, in the Mount Greylock State Reservation. This is located in the highest point in Massachusetts. It's a memorial tower that com uh, commemorates the contributions of the nation's warriors, and it has just like amazing views. There's also a big statue in Boston of George Washington riding his horse, which is very beautiful to see because it's all in this public garden in Beacon Hills, or on Beacon Hill. There's the old state house in Boston, which was constructed in 1713. And this is where the, the Declaration of Independence was first read publicly in 1776. There's also the Minuteman National Historical Park in Concord. And it says this beautiful state park was the site of the legendary Battle of Concord and Lexington during the Revolutionary War. Today, the park offers gorgeous scenery and guided tours. You can go see Plymouth Rock, obviously in Plymouth, which we've talked about a good amount of times. There's the Old South Meeting Hall in Boston. So like many, um, just very, a lot of firsts happened in uh, Boston and just Massachusetts in general. And so there are tons of attractions that you can go see, especially if you are into um, like US history. And the last one I'll just talk about is there's something called the Freedom Trail in Boston. So it's awesome. Like I, I usually don't like, tours or whatever like 
just reading this, I would not want to go because it says this self-guided tour of Boston's most important Revolutionary War locations and landmarks um, is a two and a half mile red brick line. Okay, so usually you think of tours as something that you have to like go follow a pamphlet or go follow a person around and hear about all this stuff. But you don't do that for this. If you walk around Boston, you'll see this red brick line with these emblems on it that says Freedom Trail. So like it says, it's two and a half miles and there's these, you just follow the red brick trail and it goes by like all of these Revolutionary War stops. So I think one of them is like a gravesite. One of them is like Paul Revere's house, I'm pretty sure. And so you just follow this around and it's super easy. You can go at your own pace, pick off, like pick up and drop off where you want to. Like if you want to do three stops one day and then like go the next day and do it. It's so awesome and you it's literally just like if you're walking around you run into this red brick road just follow that and you'll see all the best attractions. So that is it for my podcast of Massachusetts, the history. Um highly highly recommend going there. I love Massachusetts. So um that is all. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure to leave a review, rate it, all that and follow me on Instagram at Abby Rancor and join me for the next one. Let's see what the next state is here. It's going to be Maryland. So um, if you're into Maryland, listen to that one too. Um, I will talk to you all later and thank you for listening. Bye everyone.